always find it weird that we like have to start talking like seriously now after know, you two yeah, have yeah. just been abusing <laughs> each other and me for the last 15 minutes. Lads, I'm delighted to say that I've got you both on a podcast for the first time in what feels like forever. You two are tough to nail down. I'm not going to lie to you. How are you both? Very well, mate. Very well. I feel that. I feel wonderful because I've blocked Jimmy. Let's get that. Up. Let's, let's have a chat. Funny <laughs> enough, I feel wonderful that you've blocked me too. <laughs> no, you're not because yeah. Jamie showed yeah, me right. WhatsApp pictures. If you're saying what's Tank saying on there, <laughs> can you screenshot them, please? Yeah, <laughs> I'll message but, you on Facebook next, lad. You're getting it all. You blocked. I've had the police yeah. are on you. <laughs> Poke him on Facebook. Uh, for those that are listening that don't follow these two numpties on Twitter, uh, Jimmy corrected Tank's spelling. Tank doesn't like the spelling police, but called it the speed and police, which is possibly the best <laughs> error that you could have possibly made. Uh, and Jimmy timing, is, <laughs> yeah, uh, and Tank has now blocked Jimmy uh, for 24 hours. Well, what's the latest count? Tank's not what's 24 count? hours. What are we on there, lad? 20, 20, 20 hours, 18, 18 minutes. minutes and two seconds. So, uh, but yeah, there's the, there's the context. Jim, I'm going to, I'm going to come to you first because I'm glad to see you lad, because last time I did see you in person, actually at, saw each actually other, actually in person, I was, a, you were a little bit giddy and the videos that sort of followed our meeting, because me and my missus yeah. met Jamie and my mate Matt for some pints while I was back in Liverpool. Not just your mate, our mate. Our oh, mate, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, Matt. Uh, a... He doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. Yeah, he, told he doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> blatantly like, said, no. Nope. Your mate. But uh, yeah, Jimmy was getting very giddy by the time I had to go. And uh, the videos that followed, Jim, were interesting. You made it home, mate. Were you in the doghouse? Well, the thing is, I'd had four hours in the car and I in the morning and then and then we were getting the train up to Liverpool. So I literally, all I'd eaten all day was. Um, oh, here we go. Is this, is this, are you really going to do cheddars, this now? And a ham and cheese sandwich. That's all I'd had. And then I got two Magnus for the train and then met you. And then we only had three. You're going to give us a full like list of what you drank to try and yeah, justify. Well, no, no, no. Well, we had to nail the beers quick, didn't we? I had a couple of shots in there. And then you went home, obviously, because your mum called you in. Street lights came on. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then we stayed out for some more, got on the karaoke, got kicked out of the karaoke. <laughs> on that then... karaoke, let me see if I can make this work. Right, I'm going to try and play Jimmy <laughs> doing I'll Make Love to You uh, in karaoke. Let's see if this works. It, it better add, right? It is awful. <laughs> Tank, can you see him grind here as well? I've, listen, I've seen the video, and you know what, right? <laughs> Do you know what I've just been watching? I've been watching that Jeremy Dahmer, and he sounds like some of the screams from the murder victims <laughs> <laughs> was going on in his flat. Oh, fucking hell. So, no, but to be good, fair, mate. It was, good it to good see crack. you. Yeah, it was, good, it was good crack in flying form. And Tank, you've been a busy boy. You've been here, there, everywhere. How's all with you? Oh, good, mate. Yeah, a little bit active this week, up and down with Jack. Um, Got sorted a couple of really uh, some top tickets last night, so I owe a big thank you to uh, John who sorted them out. Took me dad, me mate, and our Jack. You're in the hospitality there. Night. It looked like yeah, it was super. Oh, to be nice, fair. lad. Really, really good tickets. The seats were fantastic, but all the food and everything's great. It's like honestly, it's becoming like it's so Americanized, isn't it? Now, like football, it is like coming that way because you've got like the whole of the main stand was like it's called a dugout. And you've got all of the food, the food markets, and you can go and pick whatever food you want. And you come in at half time. There's like all your pints are already there oh, yeah. in the middle of the year. It's 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 proper, like, but yeah, 
You've Not gone big like time since he's on the booster no, post. That's it. Changed, look, it's fucking change now, and he's he? got new teeth and that. Now you're in with the posh kids. <laughs> now these are uh, these are old nashes, these mate. <laughs> I, I'm going to get turkey teeth. By the way, I'm committed to getting turkey teeth. I'm going to go for it. Do so, it did you get yours done in turkey tank, or did you get them? No, mate. I got man. To be honest, man, but like these are about fucking oh, how old is them? These these must be twenty years old. No he's got knocked out when I was playing. He's got these got knocked out when I was playing for Forest, yeah. So oh, so you didn't just get it? You didn't get them just to look look. Uh, no, know, I, got, I got I got an elbow and got uh, the front like it was horrible because they were like cracked in half. So I had oh, to get no. caps, and the caps kept popping off. And then I just thought, fuck it, just, you know, can't you know get them all done? But these these and, are not the I'll take in ashes, mate. No, I'm going full full Ryan and Clark, mate. Give me give me a year and I'm gonna be looking <laughs> like someone <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking like someone off the only way is Essex. Uh just a and quick shout to out to the boot room podcast, uh, talking <laughs> football and teeth. <laughs> with a lisp <laughs> with a lisp with a new teeth. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say that I have to say, lads, taking taking me son there to his first Liverpool game over the weekend. Class, man. Like you'll never you know what I mean? As a dad, and you got your son, and he, he's fallen in love with the game, and you get him to take. Like I'd waited because he's obviously been into forty for ages, but he's ten now, um, and he just—it was the perfect age. He took it in. There was like a moment I think I put on social media where he walked out for the first time. He's seen the green grass, and he kind of looked back at me, just like in amazement. Oh, I loved it. You never, yeah. you never forget that, do you? That first no, no. trip, classmates, class that. Um, honestly, you, genuinely. You, who did I you know. go to watch, Jim, in your first game? You know, because we don't know. Oh, who's yeah, yeah, yeah. See what it would, did there, Tank. Would, uh, <laughs> I don't know who it was against, but he would have been stoked because when I was younger, we used to get, you know, when you played for the academies, you get two free tickets. Mm. Um, so we used to go to the Victoria ground. Humble but brag, we'd yeah, always yeah. end up playing because it was standing in the Victoria ground. So you could stand under the stand. And me and the lads would end up playing footy under there while all the dads were watching the footy. Well, when I say footy, we were playing with like a bottle or something. Um <laughs> So, but it would have been Stoke against someone. But my first real proper match um, was Newcastle United versus Nottingham Forest. Oh, they were two of the teams on the list, weren't they? In the Nottingham Forest end, I was. There you oh, go. Wow. There's a hint. There's a hint. Do you know? Do you know why I was very close? I, I could have been in Everton. This is a true story. This, my dad's brother, uh, my uncle Alan. He's he's a. Uh, an Everton season ticket holder has been since day dot still goes with him and his wife. Now I could have been an Everton season ticket holder, only our pet Rottweiler flicked shit in my eye and they had to go to St. Paul's Eye Hospital. This is a true story. I was, I going was to not them. expecting that there. Um, listen, this is, this is a true story. We had a Rottweiler. Oh, that's so, the even the Rottweiler hates me, you, me dad, My dad's brother was picking me up to go to the Everton game, right? Because his missus couldn't make it. He said, I'll take her out. And I was about nine. No, I would have been younger than that. About eight. Seven or eight. So I was all excited. I was, I didn't remember that. I was all dressed in blue. I thought, I'm going to match with my uncle. And we had this fucking mad lunatic Rottweiler called Sultan. Mm. And... When I used to have a shit in the garden, it used to fucking flick it with its back feet everywhere. So I'm playing in the garden, and I've, as I've turned round, it's flicked shit in my eye. And I had to go to St. Paul's Eye Hospital in Liverpool and get the shit taken out of my eye because my dad was worried that I was going blind, and I never went to the Everton game. And that so I was that close to being a blimp. Jesus. Is that where your sexual preferences started, Tank? Or... Well, by getting I, fucking shit in me. Where are you going with that oh, one? Where are you going with that one, you weirdo? Hell, lad. Tank's videos keep sending in the group. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely don't bring yeah, them up. Right, football, football. Uh, 
So yeah, football because we haven't caught up in ages. Um, there's loads of topics. We're going to start with Forest because there's been some breaking news today. Um, it looks like your mate is is due to stay. Steve Cooper has been given some assurances by meeting the board. Uh, looks like he's going to stay on, which I'd say you're delighted with. Tank, you you wanted him to be able to at least see out the season. I tell you what, I will say, and I, 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 this is be a bit of an exclusion. I was told this morning that he's gone. Oh, I was wait. told this morning that there's a meeting. To, so. And listen, the 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 source who we got told from would know as well. Do you know what I mean? It's not like just a fucking Mickey Mouse, you know, uh, John down the pub said. Mm. I got told that there was he, he's gone. So I don't know whether the there's been a turnaround. Well, obviously there has been, but I'm delighted he's staying. He should stay. It's been a, a difficult start, but I went back to a part what I said in a podcast fucking a few weeks back where. Any Nottingham Forest fan would have ripped your fucking arm off to be in the position what they are now from where they were 12 months ago. They were bottom of the league at one point 12 months ago at the Championship and the bottom of the Premier League now. And they've had a tough... T- Listen, them two games were killers for me, the Bournemouth and the Fulham one. Me personally, I think you had to come away with them with three points from them two games. And the fact they come away with none and it's kind of like the Leicester game kind of was worrying for me even being honest because they just seemed which I'm surprised because he's such a fucking good coach there seemed no structure there seemed to be like you know there was a back forward and then I don't really know what the midfield was doing and everything just seemed disengaged and it just didn't seem like too many players too many options a bit well, that's the other thing. What's coming? You know, you start. You know what it's like, like You start hearing stuff. When stuff goes wrong, you start hearing the rumor mills and stuff like that. And a lot of these players allegedly were not his signings. Hmm. And they've made twenty three, which I'll still, I'll still stand by. They needed to make this many signings for the simple reason is they lost twenty nine players at the end of the season, whether loans out of contract or send younger players out on loan. So they needed to make the big signings, and I still think it's going to take time to adjust, obviously, but then Bournemouth and Fulham games were the ones where I thought, ooh, maybe my prediction of Forest mid-table is going to be struggling. I think the other thing we've got to look at, Jim, as well, it's been interesting to see with the, I think there was news of Rafa potentially was in the frame at, at one point, and there was Sean Dyche. Then there was news of Wolves being interested in Steve Cooper if he was to be let go, which probably tells tells its own story in terms of how highly he's rated. Do you think maybe the, the response from a lot of the Forest land, uh, fans that have read online towards Rafa potentially coming in has made, he, made the owner think, hold on, you know, I don't want to, don't want to rock the boat too much here. Possibly. I mean, Forest are in a rock and a hard place now because Cooper's done a fantastic job in getting them up. But he looks a little bit out of his depth in the Premier League. Um, as Tank said, he looks like he's panicking a bit now where he's changing shape. He's trying to find a system now that is not leaking goals. And he's got players that aren't performing for him. Um so when Rafa when Rafa's name gets banded about, the what you'll have is agents, you know, probably Cooper's agents saying that Wolves are now interested because and then so it, that Forrester thinking, all right, don't get rid of him yet. And Rafa's agents will be wanting to get him in a job. But I've heard various things on Rafa where he comes in and um creates a, a, a discord between between players, between management and and the board etc so 
I don't think it's necessarily a great fit. Um, and I don't think Rafa is the Rafa that we saw at Liverpool anymore. So um, I, I, I feel sorry for Forrest because I, I don't know. they. I don't think they know where to go. I think if they keep Cooper, they're likely to go down. I think they're likely to go down anyway. But do you take the gamble and try and get someone in and get that Nigel Pearson, Claudio Ranieri bouncing? You know, Sean Dice was the one for me. You said it at the start. You said it a couple of weeks ago, Tank. I, I think that's if you're going to do it, that's the yeah. one for me that makes the most sense. Whereas yeah. if not, you'll make them tight at the back and then they'll go up and, you know, with the break with, um, you know, Johnson and, and Lingard and whatnot and try and hit teams on the counter attack. It'll just make them hard to, to, to beat. Um, but is that what Forest fans want? Like, what what would you rather have? Decent football and giving it a go. And I I made a comparison to Blackpool not a couple of podcasts ago. And you know, do you want to watch good football and go down, or do you want to watch Tottenham style play and possibly get a, you know get a trophy and and be up there or do something within the league? So, as I said, that uh, I think I think Sean Sean Dyche for me lads doesn't get anywhere near the credit what he deserves for the no, job that he's done at Burnley. No. I, I, I've I've been on the inside, so I'm probably a little bit biased towards him. But I've spoke on this podcast before. I think Jamie, when I said to you when uh, Liverpool went to uh, Turf Moor, and I was lucky enough to be involved because I was the under sixteen coach, and they showed us Sean Dyche's team meeting. How do we going to play? How do we going to set up against Liverpool? And it was basically let them go wide, let them put cross in the boxes. We do not allow them into this central zone. And it was fucking unbelievable. And then when I watched the game, I was actually sat at home like laughing because it was it like, into, it, 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 this now, is unbelievable. Exactly. And they scored. If you remember the game, Andre Gray hit them on a break, scored 1 0, and they absorbed Liverpool, put crosses and crosses into the box. They had Firmino as the centre forward, and Ben Me and Tarkowski were like heads on stick, bang, bang, bang. And they should have probably beat Liverpool two or three in the day because they kept hitting them on a counter attack. Now, Sean Dice has what he, he was given what he was working with at Burnley. Burnley's budget in the Premier League was basically that of a top eight championship budget. And season after season after season, he kept them in the Premier League. He got them into Europe. He got Burnley into Europe. So I get why he gets tarred with that brush sometimes, but I th- I think the, the man deserves a break at a big club. And Forrest is a big club. And I think if he got a break at a big club with Big players, better players. This Forest squad's got better players than the, the Burnley squad that he had. Oh, yeah. It's got, it's got better players. Again, I agree so I'd like to see, him, to see him get it and see where he can go with it. Yeah, I agree. And like I say, but I, you know, we all know what he needs to do and that's shore up the defence because you can't be leaking. I know I've not looked at the, the, the stats, but I assume that they're fairly low on the goals conceded as in rock bottom of the league because they've been beating 4-0 a couple of times. So... You know, first things first, you need to you need to stop stop the other team from scoring to go and win, um, and then you can build it up. But Sam Allardyce used to say the same, didn't he? He said in the, an interview, if you were managing Real Madrid, he would he would you know he'd have them Play playing Real way. Madrid football. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you know, I just I just I think I think they're at the they're at a crossroads now, and whatever they do, I don't think they'll win either way. As in, the, it won't be the right decision, whatever they stick with. I mean, me personally, I think he deserves the chance. Oh, I dis- he does. He the does. whole, pre- you know, this is, and this is not me with me forest hat on. This is just me. When you look at from the outside, you look at a man who took over the club. He was on the 
I mean, the atmosphere and everything around the club was, was scandalous. It was shocking. It was shot to pieces. He's took them from one point in the championship, got, got Forrest promoted, got them in the Premier League. No matter what happens for me, he deserves a full season in the Premier League. Because even if Forrest got relegated next season, they come straight back up with the squad they've got. They have got a phenomenal squad. If it That's was in the championship, if, that... if well, yeah, well, there's a lot. See, Jimmy, they're all young as well. It's no, very, I know. I'm not saying very that. Young I agree squad. with you. He does agree. He does. He does. He should get the full season. But you whether know, he will you, or not, <laughs> I was going to say living on sentiment doesn't no, get you to the places agree. you want to go to. So. I agree. I'm not the one who's put 175 million in like the owner, which, <laughs> no, you, you no. know, if you are the owner, you've got to sometimes look at him and say, well, hang on, I've just given it 175 million, but I don't think he has. I think he signed a lot of them, but mm. he's got to protect his assets, hasn't he? Talking about, uh, you know, um, loyalty and, and, and the likes, I want to come on to my next topic and Tank, I'm guessing you'll be quite opinionated on this one. And Jim, you, you'll hopefully give us a slightly different view. Um, Liverpool are in a strange position at the moment. I was there at the weekend to watch the Brighton game and I have to say you you do see the game totally different when you're in the stadium. It felt like Liverpool were susceptible to going a goal down or, or conceding with every transition of the ball. They just looked so open and whilst there was some, some decent stuff going forward you were always worried that as soon as this attack breaks down, wherever we are on the pitch there's nearly one out ball for Brighton or they could play out, they could play through our press so easily that I'll be honest, Brighton could have scored three or four more on that day. And I come away from the game thinking, one, I was pissed off that we didn't get the win for my son. He wasn't too down, downhearted, to be fair. But then, two, I'm looking at it from a, a structural setup. And I'm like, how have Liverpool gone from being the, one of the most horrible teams to play against to being really easy to play against, really easy to play through? I mean, there was green shoots last night. You've seen it, albeit against a, a weaker Rangers team. I think it's fair to say uh, Liverpool changed system. I thought there was there was definitely some positives around that. But what what do you make of it all, Tank? Because it, it definitely looks like a team that's in transition at the moment. It's scary that like how we've become the hardest team in the Premier League to play against to, to the easiest. I mean, you know, we played Rangers last night. They were fucking terrible, by the way. And they should have scored two goals late on. And that game, if that game would have been a draw late on, you'd have gone, oh, yeah, it's happened again. And, the, you know, the left-back cleared one off the goal line and the keepers made an unbelievable save in the last five minutes. Let's be honest, I, though, Liverpool had a lot of chances, Tank. Did, no, I, I get that, I get that. But yeah, on, the other, on, the, on, on the flip side of that, Jamie, Rangers only had to go for the last five minutes and should have scored two. Hmm. This is what I didn't get with Rangers. If you're playing Liverpool now... I'm dreading Sunday, by the way, Arsenal away. I'll be honest with you. If you're playing Liverpool now, you you be like, this is not Liverpool of last season. We're going at these. Hmm. And the fact that Rangers just. Do you think the fear factor has gone? Oh, well, fucking hell. I mean, it's... yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Because teams teams like Brighton are coming to Anfield. And I mean, you were there. I, I, I just watched it. Like, But if we would have been 5 5 nil down at half time, you'd have gone. That's about right, that, yeah. Brighton deserve that. that. That You can't give chances like that, you know, against Brighton. We're playing Man City in two weeks' time. If we if we let up these chances against Man City, that could be totally and utterly embarrassing, the, the score. And I just think last night, it just papered over a couple of cracks for me. You know, it's a dreadful Rangers team who never tried a leg for the last five minutes, but 
should have scored a couple of goals. And it's just, it's, I can't believe the drop off, mate. I can't believe the drop off. And, you know, even when we had the ball last night, you kind of like, there's not the explosiveness about us. You know, when you, when we, when we used to, if a team's attacking and we did them on a break, you'd be like, wow, we've gone from A to B so quick there. And it's just, it's, it's gone. It's just like fizzled out. Jim, what what do you make of it? Because I think that I agree with some of the things Tank says. I think it's, I think there's a natural evolution of this team, so I think it's very difficult to maintain that the type of team Liverpool have been for so long with with largely the same group of players. I think you've seen with Manchester City. I think they've evolved into more of a possession death by a thousand cuts type team. They're, they're certainly a lot. I think they run a lot less. They certainly seem to, to run a lot less. They're a lot more methodical. Um, I think Liverpool are probably going through a little bit of transition. I actually thought from the front three players last night, there was more movement. I think Nunes was running across the line. One minute he's on the right, one minute he's... Look, he's very raw, lads, let me just say that. But, and we'll certainly come on to him in a minute. But I definitely felt like we were more of an offensive threat. I think it's, it's, it's not a true test. Obviously, we're playing against Rangers. They're playing five at the back. They weren't exactly expansive, as Tank says. So I definitely think there's some some truth in that. I did feel like we looked a little bit more solid. There was definitely more rotations and more variety going forward. But Jim, what do you what do you make of it all? Because as Tank says, there has been a hell of a drop off. Is it that you know ultimately a bit of desire's gone? Is it the Klopp has ran them into a into the ground and everything needs freshening up? Has he been too loyal to key players, or is it probably a little bit of all of that? I think he's a little bit. I think you've you've got a, a sort of the perfect storm in, in a in a cauldron pot where you've got players not being storm in a cauldron, in a cauldron pot. pot. Yeah, I don't know if that right. makes sense. But what you've like got it. is basically you've got got people with losing desire because they're not being challenged. So with no rotation in the squad, you lose that desire to push people yourself comfortable. forward. Yep, you've got uh, people getting older with no um, with no rotation of the squad. Um, you've got players leaving, you know, losing someone like Mane and, and you know, not fully replacing him, um, not freshening up that midfield three is seemingly coming back to bite you on the, on the bum. But what you had, you had a strong core. You had Allison, you had your back, you certainly your back two of Van Dijk and A.N. Other, whether that's Canate, Matip or Gomez. You had Fabinho and Henderson, and then you'd have either Jota or Firmino, and the core was strong, and everything else would rotate around it. Now that core seems to be struggling. So Allison looked awful against Brighton. I thought he should have saved a couple of the goals. Van Dijk's obviously had his um, had his troubles. Fabinho looks miles off the pace because he looks like he's doing the job of two or three men where he's being left isolated. So. I think I think you've just got a mixture of all things coming together that's making you not play the way that you've played. And people have found this in the way that because you're not doing what you used to do, they've found ways to get in and around you. And and I've, there's I've a blueprint to beat Liverpool now. Let's be honest. Chinks in the armor is what you've seen, um, and and people are exploiting it, um, and and coming up results. So. Whether that's then resulting in a change of formation or, you know, you've got to wait to January to reinforce. If you do reinforce, you know, that's that's still a question whether whether they're going to put their hands in the pocket. You won't do, mate. But, you know, at this moment in time, I fully expected Liverpool to win Saturday. 
And then I fully expected Liverpool to win at 2-0 down. And when I saw it at 3-2, I thought, typical, I knew that was going to happen. And I'll be honest, I did want Liverpool to win for once because I knew it was Josh's first game. Thanks, lad. Appreciate that. But I also felt that Brighton could score. And I also felt that you know they could still get some out. Now, Liverpool of old would not have let that happen in any way, shape or form. But this current guise of Liverpool is is allowing them um, them chinks to to appear and and people are exploiting it. So, Tank, is it? I think Jimmy makes a good point there. Liverpool's game management is 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 nearly non-existent at the moment, and it's something that they used to be able to pride themselves on. I mean, you've seen now the the change of shape. Is is that Klopp maybe admitting that? Look, the four three three maybe's gone a little bit stale. You know, there was gaps, particularly down that right hand side, that weren't haven't been there. You know, during during his tenure, or certainly the latter stages of his his tenure, I, I do think Liverpool looked a little bit more safe. Again, with the caveat of we're playing Rangers. Just do you on think the, that, to say that Rangers have won one in nineteen in the Champions League, by the way, yeah. in the last. <laughs> thanks, thanks there, Stato. Nailed that, that one. Uh, nailed that one. Do you think that this uh, formation change is here to to stay, Tank? And and you said there under your breath about lack of investments. I'm guessing you're not expecting FSG to to crack open the the wallet anytime soon. No, but on Jimmy's start, Rangers got to the European final last year. So let's just come to this Europe, not Champions, no, Champions League. League. You, haven't, you haven't been in Champions League. No, I said Champions Last one in the last. Oh, Jimmy, he's, he's yeah. always wobbling. He's wobbling no, no, no. here. You are. You're wobbling because it's Europe. It's not just Champions League. You can't. You can't win something. You're not fucking in. Champions you can't League. say. You can't one say in, that Rangers never won a game Champions in Champions League. League they got they to the final won. of the European Cup last season. Yeah, Champions League. Got beaten like penalties. So. One Champions League game in nineteen that they put your stat in the bin. <laughs> so the problem for me, Jamie, and you know, you know how vocal I am on this, and I'll bark it from the fucking tops. We haven't invested in the in the sides. We we got to the pinnacle of everything last season, and we ended up the net spend kings again, where we're in profit again. You know, and it's just we we've every Liverpool fan has known that Liverpool's midfield has needed investment for a long, long time. We're asking people like Henderson and Fabinho to do the job of two or three men all the time and it takes its toll on its legs. Henderson is getting on now. He should have been replaced two or three seasons ago. Not replaced as in like, you know, get out the side, but he should have brought someone in younger who's going to slowly, gradual take over from Henderson. And we just don't do it. You see Man City do it time and time and time again. Fernandinho was... Still playing, still a big figure for them, and they signed Rodri, who's now all of a sudden has Man, become someone who I thought he's actually not bad in two. For me, at the minute, probably the best in the world best. at that position. Yeah. And then all they do then is because they know they know Rodri's going to play a hell of a lot of games, so they go and get a younger version in Calvin Phillips from Leeds and say, when we rest him, we'll bring another quality addition in. And we, so he'll play a few games, he'll rest, and we've got another quality addition, and it'll have zero impact on the game and the game results. And this is this is what drives me insane about Liverpool owners. They've got to the top, and they were like, "We're at the top, job done. This is amazing. We're going to build a new stand," which is great. But it's it's not it, football is not run that way, and you can't be successful like that. And the investment, I've said it time and time again, the lack of investment in Liverpool on the pitch is going to bite us on the heart hard. And it's biting us now. And I I will still go out and say we've got zero chance of making Champions League football this season. 
I I still think we've got a chance. Uh, I think I, I still think Liverpool will will definitely get top four. You're like and... that fucking dumb and dumber film. So you're saying I've got a chance? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah, I am completely. Uh, no, I still think Liverpool will get top four. I think they'll turn it around. I think um, uh, whether that's through new system, new shape, uh, I still think Liverpool are, are comfortably one of the top four teams in the country. I, I can't imagine that this 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 will continue. Um, but I definitely think that. They're not the team that they once were, and they definitely need some some reinforcements. And hopefully, you know, that's going to come whether that's in the summer or January. I wouldn't be, <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not too confident in that happening in January, to be perfectly honest with you. But I'd, I'd expect some no. some major surgery in the summer. There's, there's, I, I want to move on to, to a couple of topics, and they're going to intertwine, right? So, Trent Alexander Arnold. Was 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 not picked uh, by Gareth Southgate. Uh, there was there was a lot of noise about that, um, and then obviously his his form has, has certainly not been great for Liverpool. I want to get your opinion on when situations like that for young players happen. You know, is it better to kind of get them out of the limelight? Are you better to kind of get them to play through? Uh, you know, back them get themselves back into form. You know, there's been so much spotlight on on ultimately what is still a very young player. Jim, what have you made of the whole Trent Alexander-Arnold debate? Because we're going to come on to Gareth Southgate in a minute. We got asked a question by listener Mark Garrett, who wants to know our starting 11s for the World Cup. So we're going to come on to that in a minute. But what have you made of of everything that's kind of circling around Trent Alexander-Arnold? Do you think it's do you think it's unfair? Um, in a way, I think the England stuff is unfair, but I think the Liverpool form isn't unfair because he has been, you know, below average. And the issue he's got is sets such a high bar for himself at such a young age. So people then start making uh, assumptions along the lines as, you know, is he getting too big for his boots? Has he, has he lost his desire? He's just a young kid going through a bad patch. Now, the issue he's got is that he probably just needs a bit of a, you know, a, a, a five minutes of maybe not starting, but this is the issue. Liverpool have got no one else to put there. Who do you put there? James Milner, maybe Joe Gomez, but you're just, again, papering cracks. So um, I think he's a tremendous player and he's been, and he's been a fantastic player for years to come. He's just having a really bad time. And it seemingly looks from the outside looking in that he's not working on what he needs to work on. Now, that's from the outside looking at I'm fairly certain he would be in training and, and you'd like to think that Liverpool are working hard with him to to uh, rectify these mistakes that he's doing. But that's the issue you've got, is that people will be looking at it going, oh, he's got too big for you. But, you know, the old Deli Alley sort of stuff, he's just, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he drives a Bentley or anything along them lines, but that's that's what everyone was drawing the uh, conclusions to Deli Alley. So, yeah, I think I think he just needs to go back to basics. I think he needs a couple of weeks out, take a couple of weeks out and, and you know, realign and, and re reconfigure himself and, and come back just as strong as, as ever, really. Tank as the as the fullback that's on the podcast, is it an unenviable task being Trent Alexander Arnold in this Liverpool setup? I just I take Trent Arnold. I get what Jimmy's saying. Sometimes you're best taking players off the limelight, but take Trent Alexander Arnold out of Liverpool's lineup, and Liverpool creativity will be bordered on zero. That's the issue we've got. I think a lot of respect needs putting on this kid's name. No, he's get he's getting the same numbers. 
assist-wise as Kevin De Bruyne, who everyone says the greatest midfield player that's played football for the last decade. This is a right-back. Now, I'm telling you now from a player who's played the game as, as a full-back, if Klopp was asking me to play these high positions, what Trent has, I would be thinking, oh, my fucking God, how am I meant to, to defend? Because you can't. You can't. And for me, this is the issue with Liverpool's midfield. Because going back when we had legs all over the midfield, it didn't matter how high Trent was because we'd have Fabinho or Hendo would be covering them slots. And I think you noticed that a bit more last night, to be honest with you. So if you're asking your fullbacks to play that high and that wide, there's a huge hole for the attackers to get in and they are going to get in. Yet, yeah, look, some of his defending has not been great this season, but it wasn't last season and it wasn't the season before. I think, and I might be wrong here because I've not looked at it, I think Virgil van Dijk's been in a fault for more goals this season than Trent Arnold has. What's directly come from, I think Virgil's been in a fault for more. But nothing gets said about Virgil. You know, nothing at all because he's he's been unbelievable for three seasons. And for me, he's been one of Liverpool's worst uh, players this season. Mo Salah's numbers are shite. He doesn't look like he's got a goal in him. If I take the penalties away, he doesn't really look like he's got a goal in him. I just think... Everything gets focused so much of Trent, but take him out of the side, boys. And Liverpool's creativity is absolutely nothing because there's no one else. No one else can create in that side. Nobody else. Another right back, though. Could you not? If I mean, just thinking out loud. If I'm if I'm in clock shoes, not saying that you're going to go midfield. Shout here. Eh? I'd He's basically Trent, playing midfield. Let's be I'd honest. Put him on the right. I put Trent on the right. Move Salah over to the left. Uh, starting then... position is different. You know this, Jim. Like it's it. No, it's I, not... I'm not saying that. I'm not. But what my point is, I think. If Trent's in there and he can float around up that right-hand position, get on the ball and play them balls, and, and he could almost transition into a, you know, a, a, like a false seven where he comes inside, gets a ball, and, and you want Salah then making the run inside and, and Nunes either using as a wall or going in behind. But it just takes that... Um, one, you're keeping your most creative player in the side, but it keeps... The defensive side, he's still going to get back, but his main aim is not to defend. So if he's not at right back, then I think I think you might, you know, just I'm just saying, just to get him out of that cycle of defending to then move him back. If if you had another right back, it's like you said, Tank, when uh, you talked about playing against Beckham, like Trent has, the, uh, like, and I absolutely believe this. His distribution is right up there with David Beckham's, right? Oh, not a shot of it, don't mate. You you used to say that. You couldn't get Beckham had no skill, no pace. You couldn't you couldn't go as far because he would be quite deep when he'd receive the ball. So as a fullback, you didn't want to go and press that high because again, to talk about the space in behind, mm, you're like, you shit, do. I don't I don't yeah. want to be that high. But then all of a sudden, if you don't press him, he's hitting 70-yard balls onto strikers' feet. Trent Alexander Arnold can do that. Listen, the, the lad's the lad's an absolute freak. And I don't, you know what I actually listened to a caller who mentioned something similar to what you've just said then, Jimmy, last night on TalkSport when I was coming home in a car and he was kind of saying playing further forward. But it's like, why? Because if you look at a lot of Trent's passes and deep line crosses, they are from deep. And he's got that unbelievable... I mean, the lad's ability is unreal. We're eight games in, in the league, he's had, he's had a poor start to the season, but he's still... All of the stats, everything, in, you know, he's still right up there in the top of all of the big hitters and assists. And but from an energy point of view, Tank, the way Liverpool play, he must be on fumes, mate. Having done that for the last five, but my point is, he's being singled out now 
for the mistakes he's doing. But you know, he must be on fumes up and down that you know lung back. No, no, I and agree. I agree, Jimmy, and I think that's what's happened with Liverpool. But, but for me, the, the criticism of the kid is just way, way, way over the top because He's, he's become a scapegoat and it's not right. He's 22 years of age. We've got senior players. Mo Salah should be... I was made... I think I messaged to you. In fact, I messaged you, Jimmy, and I said I made up Shearer's called Mo Salah and uh, Virgil van Dijk out. Um, because they've been shocking. They've been absolutely shocking this season. Mo Salah, since he come back from the African Cup of Nations, has been bang average at best. This season, he's been shit. Got but nothing... Well, I know. But nothing gets said about it, though, does it? And everything's like Trent's defending, Trent's defending. I mean, come on. Do you know what's mate? killed Trent? It's those couple of goals where he visibly walks. That's yeah. okay. That no. just stays. It's burnt into your brain. Do you know no. what I mean? Uh, it's certainly not helped him. I want to come to another player. If we're talking about freaks of nature, Harland lads, what are we? What are we watching, Jimmy? Don't even start saying "I told you so" because it's like the most obvious claim ever that Harland's going to do well. But what? Seriously, though, all jokes aside, what the fuck are we watching here, Jim? Like it's it's ridiculous. It's a freaking age, mate. It's, on, it's just you can't even put into words. I don't think anyone can put into words. He's just and a I machine, think, a goal-scoring machine. Goal That's machine. it. And he's, you know, he's all-round plays, not great, but he just gets in the box and scores goals. And now, as I said in the first two. Everyone wasn't feeding him to where he was. But now, De Bruyne, little balls into the back post. Foden, little ball. And then he'll give him your back. He, you know, he got a couple of assists for Foden. Um, so now they're playing to him. He's nine goals away from the top goal scorer of last year. And there's 30 games left. And, by the way, he's not going to the World Cup. So he's got a month and a half off. Going to rest. Yeah. <laughs> What's you make of a tank? I mean, you would have, you would have played like, and I'm, I'm trying. You, you know, when you see these players come in, you try and make comparison. It's always the way you compare them against players of old. And I don't even want to say Shearer because it's not. It's but you're trying to think of that like ultimate goal scoring machine, physical prowess. You know, just like ruthless in front of goal. I mean, you played against the likes of a Shearer. You know what I mean? What what is it that makes him so special, Tank? Because he kind of seems like he's that. I don't want to, it's actually doing him a disservice if I say he's a you know a penalty box striker because I think he's got more to his game if he's got space to run in behind, but he's just so ruthless when the ball is played into those areas. That I've honestly, I mean, we've spoke about this. He he does absolutely nothing in games. I've sort of told you about Mark Pal, who's a Man City season ticket old, and he's like, he fucking didn't do anything. He's done nothing in the game, but he scored a hat trick, and you're like, <laughs> it's not a bad trade to have, but I don't even think he's a Shearer because, you know, Shearer, you, you'd always More knew rounded. him in the game with yeah. Shearer because he was like, he'd get it, he'd spin off, he'd hold it, he'd have a fight with you, he'd be climbing all over to get in the back post. I think one of the biggest problems defenders have with him is he switch off because he doesn't do fuck all. But at that <laughs> second you switch off, he's like, he's at the back post tap, and you're like, bastard, he's not done a fucking thing and he scored again. I mean, he wasn't great against Man United, was he? I didn't watch the game. I he wasn't great. It wasn't one of them where you were like, you, you know, when you watch Messi and you think, fuck, man, wow. he, he is unbelievable. He's got the ball from the halfway line. He's beat eight men and he's put it on a plate. Harland, you're like, he scored three and set, got two assists and he's actually done fuck all in the game. It's, and it's you're funny like, you mentioned Messi, actually, because Pep come out with a statement or a scene it there during the week. He's like, the, the comparisons between Harland and Messi and Pep said, uh, Harland needs his teammates to be special. Messi doesn't need anyone. 
which I thought was quite Listen, telling. That, that's just kind of saying, get back in your fucking big box, <laughs> Have you seen, have you yeah. seen uh, what Laporte wrote on his on his match ball? No, go on. <laughs> Laporte wrote on his match ball, I've signed more match balls for you than they have contracts. We got asked a question, I said before, Mark Garrett, uh, who wants to know our starting 11 uh, for the first World Cup game versus Iran. Before we get on to, to that, Gareth Southgate, I think he's a total Shit. spoofer. I think he's a total spoofer and he's going to hold back. The, I think he holds back this England team and I find it bizarre that his mates in the media are so defensive when it comes to him. They go on about his record in tournaments. He's been given the fucking handiest draws in tournaments that there is possible to have. And he still blew it. I, like, don't get me wrong. I was, I was very, I filled him with praise at the start when he kind of changed. I think the negativity that swirled around that maybe the culture within England and, maybe brought more of a club feel. There was a togetherness, a feel-good factor. Absolutely thought that was the case. But this team hasn't kicked on. He has been given... I think there's been a lot of comparisons made between you know the, the quote-unquote golden generation and which team is better. This is a bloody good England squad with an amazing array of attacking talent. And this absolute spoof merchant wants to play 17 players at the back and his narratives around players, I mean, it, it, one minute he's saying they need to be playing well. Next minute you've got <clears throat> Harry Maguire, who he's not going to drop, even though he's been playing awful. It's just, it's a mess. I feel like it's a mess. And I, I just have no faith in him as a manager. Jim, am I being a little harsh? No, not at all. Um, you know, I, I, I think for me personally, I put up with us scraping through because we were winning and getting results. And at the minute, we're not winning and we're not getting results and we just look awful. So whereas before where you didn't look great, but you get results like Conte at Tottenham. The Tottenham syndrome, yeah. Yeah. It, you kind of put up with it, but it, it has a shelf life that because sooner or later you just get sick of the football and the wins don't, the wins stop coming and the attacking talent that he has to his hands, the ones that he doesn't even pick, you know, your James Madison's, your Trent's. And don't get me wrong, Trent shouldn't be starting for that England team, but he should certainly be in that squad. If yeah, if you're telling me he's not within the t top no. 20, whatever it is, English players, exactly. you're having a laugh. Um, so I just think, you know, I, I did a poll, didn't I, on, on Twitter, and I think it was 70% said get rid now. And that, that, was after, uh, that was after the Italy game before the Germany game and even that Germany game he let a, you know he got the right players in and we looked great for 10 minutes but then we just sat back and let them come back and and equalize so yeah I'd, I'm, I'm not optimistic anymore for the World Cup unless he plays the attacking players in in where they should be playing I just feel like Tanky he's the kind of fella it's like giving the keys to a Ferrari to your granddad he's going to drive 20 miles an hour do you know what I mean it's just yeah. it's a complete waste it's just an FA yes man in my opinion lads and there's plenty of them about he's like he's come through the FA coaching system he's been around um, St George's Park whatever it's called you know and he's just a complete you know, FA yes man now we're having a debate about should Trent be in the England squad or not you know and I, I actually feel sorry for this kid and I don't want to turn out and slag him off but come on how is Harry Maguire starting for England I mean, how is he? The kid is having an absolute disaster for Man United. He looks shell-shocked. Now, he is one who you need to take out the firing line. And they've done it at Man United. And it's no coincidence Man United's form has turned upwards since he's out the side. But yeah, he's still starting for England and still making them same mistakes for England. But 
So Southgate's coming out defending him, but then he's slapping the arse of Trent Arnold saying his defence, he can't defend. But you've got one of the worst defenders playing centre-half and he's hoping that Maguire finds form in a World Cup. Is that what he's hoping? You, you can't find form in, in tournament football. You can't. Because one mistake and you could be out of the tournament. He's a spoofer. I don't, I don't, I think he's shocking. And I know you're asking me to pick, the, the listeners asked to pick an England 11. I can't because I don't watch us. That's how brutally honest I, I can't stand watching the national team play because it's so bad. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one because I, I look at it and it's the, what all you want is a manager that's going to be consistent. And there's so many inconsistencies around the narratives that he provides from player to player. I, is it is it too, is it optimistic, Jim, to think that the best players play? Because no. obviously players this... are going to go up and down in terms of form. So if you want to build any type of consistency within a national team who don't, it's not like they train together all the time. No, so you can't is... be mess, messing around with the team too much. Do you know what I mean? No, but I, you're exactly right. Because that's what he said, isn't it? He said at the start, if you're in form, you play. Mm-hmm. And then over the you know last couple of weeks, especially, then that narrative changed. He's brought Ivan Tony into the squad. And in the press conference, he said, oh, he needs to be in and around the squad to play. And he needs to get used to playing how we play. And you play like four games a year. If he's playing well, get him in. Because he's scoring goals. And if he's scoring goals, score goals and play. So, like, you know, I can't believe that they didn't even bring him on. Harry Kane scored his penalty. They should have dragged him off and get Ivan Tony on. But he, he's, it looks now that it's job for the boys. I'm going with what I know because that's what I know. If I'm Tamori, I've played yeah. the whole season for AC Milan and won the well, Serie A. Yeah. I'm playing in uh, in the Champions League, not looking out of you know position or anything like that. Yeah, I can't get in front of Harry Maguire. We can't even get in the Europa League Man United side, who are awful. So he's probably thinking, fuck me, what have I got to do? He sent Trent home. Trent sat on the bench doing nothing, not even in the squad and then, and then not even brought on. Our best attacking right back going. And, you know, you've got, you've got Mason Mount been awful. Ask any Chelsea fan, he's been awful. OK, he came on and scored against Germany, fair play. But you've got James Madison, who last year and this year is up there with Kevin De Bruyne for goals and assists. Second. You said, yeah. I think De Bruyne has 17, yeah. I think Madison has 14, I think. So, and and Leicester bottom, near bottom of the league. So how is he not in that team? It's it, oh, it it winds me up just thinking about it now. Now I get you need coercion, you need that, but you know, James Madison's not just gonna come in there and fuck the whole place up and like start turning tables over, is he? And <laughs> and you know, just punch him in the guy's doing a good impression of fucking <laughs> he's things. He's not gonna do that, is he? Like you know. That's not. We all know that he's not. He's not like that. But and they all know each other anyway. All the young England lads will have all been on. You know, been out on that party scene no matter what. Like so, it, you know. Look at look at. I saw a picture the other day of Foden and Morgan Gibbs White in Stafford. It's like, oh, how do they know each other? But they just probably do. They've grown up together. Yeah, They've been in the same yeah. England teams. Yeah. So that's you know. He's just. He's just. His narratives changed too much for me, and I'd like to see someone else giving a go. Yeah, I'm gonna. There's one question I want to want to finish on, but the, the thing I'd say there is, you you got quite an insight into Klopp's mindset when talking about how to set up a team. You noticed how he said about Reese James playing right hand side of the three centre backs, and then basically saying, "Play Trent on uh, on wing back. He's got the cover of James. You don't need to worry." And then you're getting the best out of one of your best defensive players rather than worrying about 
uh, I don't want to get beat. I think that's the difference. Southgate sets up a team to not get beat. Elite attacking managers set up teams to win football matches. And I think I think that's the big difference. Uh, Tank, I'm going to finish on a question that came in for you, my friend, uh, from longtime listener Ed Lucas. And he wants to know, what was your favourite pitch to play on and who were the toughest away supporters? The favourite? I, I loved... Uh... I assume Tottenham. he means like the quality of surf, surface, oh, like the quality the of surf, yeah. Well, surf is um, first and then toughest fans. Uh, surface first, probably uh, the old old Harvey State uh, pitch was fucking unbelievable, like a carpet. But it's it's difficult that because I we always seem to play Arsenal early on in the season, like we played yeah. in the, uh, the first game, so it's difficult. So you know, I don't know whether it'll be the same pitch in fucking April. But yeah. yeah, so it's quite a difficult one. But Arsenal's was always a, a, a nice stadium and fans fucking Portsmouth. Really? Just horrible. Dickhead with and the bell. Like, but they're yeah. dead close to you as well, aren't they? It's, it's weird. It's weird because it's like where the side of the pitch is, there's like a there's a wall and it's yeah. like they they sit down. down. So yeah. the face the face like it is faces like there. Yeah. And the the fucking hell that they, they never shut the fuck up and you go over to get the ball and you know you're like you fucking fat scouts can't this and you're getting all of the fucking they know you well man you know me well <laughs> like i only want the fucking ball but portsmouth fans i mean for the size of the stadium and you know the numbers what's there they're extremely extremely vocal and you know get behind their side there like you would not believe Jim, i always you have any did you ever have any fans that, that took a dislike to you? Or should the question you know be, did you ever have any fans that actually did liked it, you? Yeah, well, no. No, none to, none to either then. But funnily enough, <laughs> I was thinking I made, I played for um, Lee RMI when they were in the in the Conference North and made my debut at AFC Telford and their ground was similar to Fratton Park. That's why I knew it, where they were like, you had the pitch no. and then they, it went down. So they were there, yeah. like on the side of the pitch and I came on as sub after about 10 minutes, someone got injured or something along them lines. And they were awful, mate. They absolutely in. Did you have the big it. blonde hair highlights or oh, all that? Of course, yeah, I did at the time. Probably had orange boots as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they absolutely were horrible. And they're the only ones that I, re- I mean, don't get me wrong, most fans were fairly horrible to me because of just how I was. But they're the ones that stand out and thinking like, I was nervous as well, making me. I was only about, I think I was about 18, 19. So it was, it was young first game and it was just fucking like, it was like right in the, right in the mosh pit. I remember there was one game we played Chester City and uh, they remember they used to bring a load of fans, Jim, and they was screaming, shouting, whatever. And for some reason, I don't know why they started singing that I was a paedophile. It was like a group of them started singing as a paedophile. So I was like, okay. And then it, like the, again, the, the, the stands, are... <laughs> shut up, you two. Uh, this... <laughs> Fuck's sake. Right. So the stands were that close. Edit, edit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, yeah, anyway, oh, you've thrown me off my point now. This fella, it's actually not going to be as funny now because not you two are giggling, looking at me. The lad the lad threw me the ball. They'd been abusing me, whatever, and threw me the ball and grabbed it and 
you know, I think my response was something along the lines when he screamed in my face what he thought of me. I was like, well, you paid to watch me. And <laughs> at, at that point, at that point, he showed up pretty quick. So, lads, I'm going to shut this podcast down because I know that you two are both ridiculously giddy now and I can see it in your eyes. We've done well. Uh, we Lad. made it through the podcast. Let's see if we can keep the podcast on air. Have you got something to say there, Jim? Yeah, I've got my question, lad, haven't I? For me, my non-football question. So, like, make it quick, because well, I, I fucking, we need to wrap this. Bloody, hell, you sound like my wife. Um, <laughs> oh, hello. Bit of blue. Bit of blue. All right. Bit of blue. Where we live, we live right by like a load. Of, it's quite rural, so there's a there's a hot air balloon sort of the path take right over our house, like really low. I was I was outside the other day and, and I was thinking like I always point to a hot air balloon and go oh look at that and I get really excited about it even though I've seen you know a load in my lifetime and and so my question is what's the one thing you see no matter how old you are or you know boobs. you probably nudist beach that you still point out or you you point to you point to your kids and go oh look they're like so another one for Still me, boobs. Squirrel, squirrel. So I see a squirrel and go, oh, look, oh, it's a squirrel there. But what's one hey. thing you still get excited about that you still see? Boobs. <laughs> uh, it's got to be a rainbow, hasn't it? Rainbow's a good shout. It's got to be a rainbow. You rainbow you was whole... the one I was thinking of. Yeah, go chasing rainbows and then, you know, pot of gold and all that. You'll never get bored of seeing a rainbow. No. And then have you, ever, have you ever seen a double rainbow as well? That's yeah, a particular, yeah, yeah, that's, right. a, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going rainbow. What about you, Tank? I'm going to go rainbow because I've lost focus. <laughs> right, lads. Get, get, get this wrapped up because you two pricks are going to get us banned. Right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. You started this. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Do us a favour. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Tell your mate about the podcast. Share it. And, uh, yeah, stick with us because, uh, yeah, we're hopefully not going to be going anywhere. So, uh, with that, before these two knobheads get us booted off, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back with you next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. 20 hours to go, Tank. No, 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 you've got 19, 25 minutes. <laughs>